وَمِمَّنْ And from who? Meaning among those people who حَوْلَكُمْ Around you. مِنَ الْأَعْرَابِ From the A'rab, meaning from the Bedouins. In other words, there are some people who don't live inside Medina, who live outside Medina. حَوْلَكُمْ Around you. So it's referring to the outskirts. But who exactly is it referring to? The Bedouins who used to live on the outskirts of Medina. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that among those people are who? Munafiqoon. Hypocrites. Meaning people who are not really Muslim. They have just outwardly professed the faith in order to gain material benefits, in order to be protected. But in reality, there is no faith in their hearts. Which is why we see that many times, such people would come into Medina seeking only worldly benefits. Like for example, we learn about an occasion where once a Bedouin, he came to Medina and offered a gift to the Prophet ﷺ. So you know the nature of the Prophet ﷺ, his good akhlaq, that whenever he was treated well, he would always do ihsan. So the Prophet ﷺ also gave him something in return, but that man, he was not satisfied until the Prophet ﷺ gave him a lot. Yani it was many, many times more than this Bedouin had given to the Prophet It's like he wouldn't leave until he got a lot. So the Prophet said something such as that I intended almost that I would not accept a gift from anyone except the Quraysh again. Because they're noble people. So because of their nobility, I will only accept from them. These Bedouins, when they bring something, they expect a lot more. So he did not like that kind of attitude. So there were munafiqoon, majority of them, not all of them, but many of them were hypocrites who had accepted Islam just to get worldly material benefits. Which is why every now and then they would come to seek these material benefits. وَمِنْ أَهْلِ الْمَدِينَةِ But Allah says there are also hypocrites amongst who? The people of Medina. Yes, there are hypocrites outside of Medina, but also inside the city. There are people who come and attend the masjid, who come and sit in the gatherings of Rasulullah wasallam, but they're not sincere in their faith. And they have become experts in hypocrisy. Maradu ala nifaq. Maradu is from the root letters meme, ra, dal. And marada, if you remember, shaytanim marid. What does that mean? Marid meaning rebellious. Okay, rebellious. And the word is also used for something that is coated with plaster. Okay? Now when something is coated with plaster, it's going to be very smooth. Alright? So when something is smooth, it's almost slippery. It's difficult to catch it even. Alright? So maradu ala nifaq, meaning they have become accustomed to hypocrisy. They are experts of hypocrisy. They're really good at it. Meaning they're really good at hiding their hypocrisy. On the outward, they show Islam. But on the inside, they're hiding their kufr. And they're really, really good at it. It's like there's a person who has his heart filled with hatred against someone. But what happens? That person comes before them and they have a big smile on their face. And they're praising their clothes. And they're praising their accomplishments, right? And on the inside, they're cursing them. But the other person has no idea that this person hates me. Right? And when do they eventually find out? After many, many years or after many, many interactions, they find out from other people that this is what they're actually saying about you. Right? So it's difficult to identify such a person. 
You know, like you go to meet someone and they don't look at you in the eye. Or they say something nasty to you. Or they ignore you completely. That shows that, okay, they have a problem with me. Isn't it? So if they behave in a strange way, you're like, okay, they have some problem against me. But if there is a person who behaves really nicely with you, sweet talk, then it's very difficult to tell whether they're sincere with you or not. Right? I mean, many people, what happens with them? That they are deceived by who those closest to them, who cheat them. Sometimes even in relationships. Right? So, maradu ala nifaq, they have become accustomed to hypocrisy. They're really good at hiding their hypocrisy. And if you think about it, Abdullah bin Ubay, for example, from the beginning, from the time of Uhud, his hypocrisy was evident. But if you think about it, he even went to Tabuk with the Prophet ﷺ. All those years, he was a munafiq, the leader of the munafiqeen. But what would he do? Whenever the Prophet ﷺ would stand up to give the khutbah, Abdullah bin Ubay, he would stand up and he would say, By Allah, you are the Prophet of Allah. And wallahi, you are this and you are... He would praise the Prophet ﷺ. So everybody would think, oh, Abdullah bin Ubay is such a staunch supporter of the Prophet ﷺ. They could never tell that he was a munafiq. The ordinary people. So, maradu ala nifaq, they have become accustomed to hypocrisy, they've become really good at it, and this is the reason why they manage to lie before the Prophet ﷺ, offer false excuses in order to stay behind from the expedition, and when the Prophet ﷺ returned, again, they made up stories that were very convincing. So, maradu ala nifaq, Allah says, لا تعلمهم, you do not know them. Meaning the Muslims in general, they're not aware of them. But نَحْنُ نَعْلَمُهُمْ We know them. Even if a person manages to deceive all of humanity, Allah knows His reality. نَحْنُ نَعْلَمُهُمْ And you know what? Such people can hide from others. But can they run away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Never. Allah says, سَنُعَذِّبُهُمْ Soon we shall punish them. مَرَّتَيْنِ Twice. We will punish them two times. What does this mean? Some said that it refers to one punishment in this world and the second punishment in the grave. Meaning in this worldly life also they will be punished. Which is why we see that after the death of the Prophet ﷺ, when many of such people, they gave up Islam, Right? They said, we're not gonna give zakat. They followed false prophets. Many of them, they claimed to be prophets. Alright? What happened then? Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he fought against such people. Alright? So, that was one punishment. And secondly, the other punishment would be where? In the grave. And other scholars said that marratain means one punishment in the grave and the other punishment in the hereafter. But definitely for such people there is punishment in the hereafter. Allah says, سَنُعَذِّبُهُمْ مَرَّتَيْنِ ثُمَّ يُرَدُّونَ إِلَىٰ عَذَابٍ عَظِيمٍ Then they will be returned to عَذَابٍ عَظِيمٍ A great punishment. And where is that great punishment? In the hellfire. So what is the lesson in this ayah for us? That sometimes a person manages to lie to another, deceive him, Right? Keep him in the dark about what the reality actually is. Pretend before others. And he can keep other people in the dark for a very, very long time. And what happens is that a person does something wrong once, and he does it again, and he does it again, and he becomes really, really good at it. Like somebody was telling me the other day, they saw this person on TV who manages to steal six cars every single day. I mean, that's his record. 
and he still doesn't get caught because he's so good at it. Maradu ala nifaq, right? Some people they become expert in their crimes. They can get away for a lifetime, but can they escape the angel of death? Can they run out of their grave? Can they run away on the day of judgment? No. Now this is an extreme example. But on a smaller level, smaller level, lesser level, you know, it happens that a person lies to the other with regards to small, small things, little, little matters. But eventually, he does get caught. Sometimes in this life, and if not in this life, definitely in the hereafter. وَآخَرُونَ And there are others, meaning there are other people also. اِعْتَرَفُوا Who have confessed, who have admitted, who have acknowledged. بِذُنُوبِهِمْ With their sins. Like we discussed earlier, that committing a sin, making a mistake, is something that can happen. One is that you persist on the sin. And you go far and far into it. One lie over the other, over the other. And the other is that a person realizes, and he says, اِعْتَرَفْتُ بِذَنْبِ I confess my sin. I know I've done something wrong. That if you think about it, Jannah and Jahannam, both are made for who? Sinners. In the sense that, for people, human beings, who are prone to committing sins. I mean, if the father of humanity, Adam salam, he made a mistake, then it's normal for his children to make mistakes also. But imagine that some sinners end up in Jannah. Why? Because, They admit, they turn to Allah, seeking forgiveness from Him. So what happens? They will end up in Jannah. And the others who persist on that sin, refusing to admit, where do they end up? In hellfire. See what a huge difference tawbah can make? What a huge difference admitting one's sins can make? So there are others who have اِعْتَرَفُوا بِذُنُوبِهِمْ They have admitted their sin. خَلَطُوا They have mixed. خَلَطَ To mix up. So they have mixed عَمَلًا Deeds. What kind of deeds? صَالِحًا Righteous. وَآخَرَ And others سَيِّئًا Evil. Meaning they're not absolute sinners who commit sin all the time. No, they also do good deeds. And there are times when they also end up sinning. And if you think about it, majority of people, I mean, all people are like that, right? They do good, but at the same time, they also make mistakes. So, خَلَطُوا عَمَلًا صَالِحًا وَآخَرَ سَيِّئًا Allah says, عَسَى اللَّهُ أَن يَتُوبَ عَلَيْهِمْ Perhaps Allah will turn accepting their repentance from them. إِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ Indeed, Allah is forgiving and merciful. Now, who is this referring to? Remember that the people who did not go to the expedition of Tabuk, they were of different categories. One, those who had to go, but they deliberately did not go. I mean, there was nothing preventing them. They had the physical ability, they had the financial capacity, they had you know, everything because of which they could go. But they did not go. So how did they stay behind? How did they stay behind? Either they went to the Prophet ﷺ and offered a false excuse, or secondly, they didn't even bother to take permission from him. So this was one category of people. And such people were who? The hypocrites. Because it cannot be expected from a sincere believer that he has the ability to perform an obligation and he deliberately remains behind. Right? Or he lies in order to take permission to remain behind. The second group was of those people who had a genuine reason because of which they could not go. What was that genuine reason? A health condition. 
right? Or for example, their financial status at that time did not allow them. They did not have the means to travel. All right? So this was a second group of people. Were they blameworthy? Were they blameworthy? No. At the end of the previous years, we learned that there is no haraj on them if they stay behind because of marad, if they stay behind because of some weakness, right? Or some poverty, there is no harm. Now there was a third group of people also. And who was that? These people were sincere believers. They had the intention to go. But you know what happened? They kept saying, we'll go, we'll just catch up with the Muslims very soon. Let me just finish this work and tomorrow I will leave and join the Muslim army. And one day led to the other, which led to the other, which led to the other. They kept delaying and delaying until it was too late to join the Muslims. And these people were sincere believers who had even participated in previous battles. From Badr to Uhud, they had participated in the battles. They were sincere believers. Up until now, their records were clean, completely. But what happened? What happened? They became lazy. They kept delaying until they lost the opportunity. It's like a person says, I'll get up in five minutes, I'll get up in ten minutes, and then they end up going into deep sleep, and when they wake up, they've lost their fajr. Allah says, اِعْتَرَفُوا بِذُنُوبِهِمْ خَلَطُوا عَمَلًا صَالِحًا وَآخَرَ سَيِّئًا عَسَى اللَّهُ أَنْ يَتُوبَ عَلَيْهِمْ Allah says, hopefully Allah will forgive them, because إِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ Now Ibn Abbas عنه, he said, that this group refers to Abu Lubaba and some of his companions. This was a group of sincere believers. And what happened? They did not go. Because of the reason that I told you, they wanted to go, they intended to go, but they kept delaying, delaying, until it was too late. And the Prophet ﷺ came back. Now when these sincere believers, they found out the Prophet ﷺ was coming back, he's almost here, they knew they had done something wrong. And they knew that even if they lied to the Prophet ﷺ, and he would be okay with them, Allah would not be okay with them. And this is something that was very serious. They realized this reality, that even if the Muslims are okay with us, if the Prophet ﷺ says it's okay, we lie to him, okay, but Allah knows our reality. We were capable, we were wrong by not going. So what did they do? They went to the masjid, and they tied themselves up to the pillars of the masjid. They said, nobody open us, nobody release us until Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says we are forgiven. They bound themselves to the masjid. They said, we're not going from here until the Prophet ﷺ, he, he unties us and he lets us go. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven us. They took their tawbah very seriously. They didn't say, oh, astaghfirullah, ya Allah, please forgive us and move on. No. They knew this was a major mistake. And they knew how important Allah's forgiveness was. So they stayed in the masjid like that for several days actually. The Prophet ﷺ did not come and untie them because no ayat were revealed concerning such people. Their forgiveness was not sent yet. So the Prophet ﷺ didn't open them. They were tied up in the masjid for several days. And then when these ayat were revealed... Then the Prophet ﷺ went and opened them up. Because عَسَى اللَّهُ أَن يَتُوبَ عَلَيْهِمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ رَحِيمٌ What does that show? 
Allah is forgiving and merciful. And asa in the Quran when it's used for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not just mean maybe. No, it means for sure. It's a promise from Allah. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven them. Now and this is a huge lesson for us. In a hadith we learn, the Prophet ﷺ said, that last night two angels came to me in a vision. The Prophet ﷺ said one day, that last night two angels came to me in a vision and took me to a city built with bricks made of gold and silver. Meaning there was a place and everything was made of gold and silver. And he said, we met some men who part of their bodies were as handsome as you ever saw. And the other part was as ugly as you ever saw. Meaning part of them from one side, very, very beautiful, perfect in every way. But when you looked on the other side, extremely ugly. The two angels ordered these men to go to a river and submerge themselves in it. So those people, they went, submerged themselves in the river and came back and the ugliness went away from them. So they became beautiful all over. The angel said to the Prophet ﷺ, this is the Garden of Eden and this is your residence in it. And they said, as for the men who had part of their body handsome and part ugly, they have mixed a deed that was righteous with another that was evil. They did something really good because of which they were beautiful, but at the same time, they had some really bad habits because of which they were very ugly on the other side. But because of their sincerity and their turning to Allah, what happened? Allah has pardoned them. So this is why when they went in the river, they became beautiful all over. So remember that our sins that we commit I mean, it's part of human nature. But never take them lightly. Never think that it's okay. Allah is forgiving and merciful, I'll be fine. Because you never really know. What if because of that sin, all of our good deeds are wasted? What if? We don't know. So what is necessary then? Tawbah, constantly. Every time a person realizes, I'm messing this up, I'm doing this wrong. You know, like in one aspect of your life, you're striving a lot to make sure you're good towards your parents, towards your family members. But on the other side, with your co-workers or with your husband, things are not going good at all. So don't be okay with the status quo. Always strive to improve it. Always strive to fix it. And admit your faults before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when a person goes to Allah admitting his fault, seeking his forgiveness, then Allah's forgiveness is for such people. Allah will forgive such people. Allah says, خُذْ, take min amwalihim from their wealth. Sadaqatan, charity. The Prophet ﷺ is being ordered over here that these people who stayed behind, yes, Allah has forgiven them, but they need that purification. And how will that purification be done? That خُذْ مِنْ أَمْوَالِهِمْ صَدَقَةً These people should give sadaqah. They should give charity. Because remember that a good deed erases a bad deed. Their staying behind was what? A bad deed. They disobeyed Allah. Now that needs to be washed off. Right? You need to make that through some other way. How? خُذْ مِنْ أَمْوَالِهِمْ صَدَقَةً And this sadaqah, this charity, تُطَهِّرُهُمْ You cleanse them. وَتُزَكِّيهِمْ And you purify them. بِهَا Through it. Meaning by giving the sadaqah, there are two objectives that will be met. First, تَطْهِيرُ And secondly, تَزْكِيَةً
تَطْغِيرِ تُطَهِّرُهُمْ From tahara. What does tahara mean? Cleanliness. That when something is dirty, you clean it. How? By washing it, by removing the filth. There's different ways of cleaning something that is dirty. Right? Like for example, if your clothes are dirty, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to wash them in water, right? So that is what? Tahara. Sometimes rinsing in water is sufficient. Sometimes what do you need? Detergent also. Right? And sometimes you don't just need detergent. You need a stronger detergent, more chemical, right? In order to clean it. Because the stain is deep. So, tutahiruhum. The sadaqa is going to clean them. The filth of sin that they've brought upon themselves, the sin with which they have stained their heart, this sadaqa is going to remove that stain. Tutahiruhum. Because remember that when a person commits a sin, then what happens to the heart? What happens? There is a black mark that appears on it. Right? So now that a person realized, I have a mark, I've become dirty, what is he supposed to do? Like let's say, your clothes get dirty. You go outside for a walk, and it's very wet and muddy, and somebody jumps in the puddle, and your arbaya, let's say, is covered in mud. What are you going to do? Oh khair, it's okay inshallah. Yeah? What are you going to do? First, you're going to wash it. Right? That's something you have to do. Now remember, in life, we keep getting dirty. Just like we have to take a shower daily, we have to wash our face regularly. Right? You have to keep washing your clothes regularly. Just like that, we keep committing sins and on a regular basis, we need to keep washing ourselves. Now how do you wash your heart? You can't possibly cut it open and, you know, wash it in water. What's the way of washing clean your heart, your soul? How? What do we learn over here? Sadaqah. Giving charity. You know, on the day of judgment, a person will be under the shade of his sadaqah. Every believer is going to be under the shade of his sadaqah. Tutahiruhum. وَتُزَكِّيهِمْ بِهَا Tuzaki is from tazkiyah and tazkiyah also means purification but it's not just purification there is also the element of growth in it causing something to grow to increase to become better alright so tazkiyah includes two things takhliyah and tahliyah takhliyah to get rid of the evil to get rid of the dirt and tahliyah to beautify cause to grow so for example a room is dirty you first Clean it up. But then when you pick up the dirt, alright, and you clean it up, is that it? No, you put like, light a candle, right? Or you do something so that it smells nice also. Isn't it? The walls are dirty, you clean them up, but that's not it. You put some artwork. Why? So that it looks nice. An empty place doesn't look nice necessarily. There's two things involved, right? Cleanliness and adornment. So, تُطَهِّرُهُمْ وَتُزَكِّيهِمْ بِهَا They've made a mistake, they've stained their hearts. Now give sadaqah so that stain is gone. But then you need to become better also. You need to go ahead also. You fell, get up, now move on. How do you move on? Sadaqah. How do you advance? Sadaqah. تُزَكِّيهِمْ بِهَا And the Prophet ﷺ was also told, وَصَلِّ عَلَيْهِمْ And also pray for them. Make dua for them. If you think about it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could give these believers for their repentance anything that He wanted, even without the dua of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Isn't that so? 
But Allah advises the Messenger ﷺ, وَصَلِّ عَلَيْهِمْ Pray for them. Why? Because, إِنَّ صَلَاتَكَ سَكَنُ اللَّهُمْ Indeed, your dua for them is سَكَنُ اللَّهُمْ Sakan. What does Sakan mean? To become still after a lot of turmoil. So they've been so depressed and so worried and anxious is my repentance going to be accepted or not? Will Allah forgive me or not? So when you make dua, imagine how happy and satisfied they would be. Imagine the tranquility and the peace that would bring to their hearts. Inna salataka sakanullahum. Think about it. If you're going through some problem and you make dua for yourself, but somebody tells you, you know, I've been making dua for you constantly all these days. What happens? How do you feel? You feel really good. It's reassurance for you. That okay, I'm making dua, but this person is also making dua for me. So hopefully, inshallah, very soon things should get better. So your dua, O Prophet ﷺ, is sakanullahum. Wallahu sami'un alim. And Allah is hearing and knowing. What do we learn from this ayah? Anytime a mistake happens, or we see that signs of nifaq, what's the cure? Infaq, spending in the way of Allah. Giving sadaqah. That will cleanse us, that will purify us, that will help us get ahead. Because remember that every time we make a mistake, we're committing a sin, we're falling behind. Isn't it? So how do you get back up? By giving sadaqah. The cure for nifaq is in infaq, in spending. And also we learn from this that whenever we see that somebody is struggling, Right? They're struggling to leave a sin. They've finally left it. And they're trying to improve. What should you do? Keep reminding them of their past? This is what we do. Remember when you did that? Remember when you said this? I can't forget the day you showed up at my house in that way. Come on. They're striving so hard to change. Make dua for them. Make dua for their istiqama. Give them hope. Don't keep reminding them of their failures, of their mistakes, of their sins, whether they're major or minor. If Allah gave them tawfiq to leave them, then you should be encouraging them. So always remember, every time you see that a person has changed in a good way, don't say, let's see what happens. Let's see how long this lasts. No. Always be a source of motivation for others. And how is that so? By making dua for them. Behind them and in front of them. Give them dua for istiqama. Inna salataka sakanullahum. Wallahu sami'un alim. Alam ya'lamu? Allah says, do they not know? Anna allaha huwa yaqbalu tawbah. It is indeed Allah who accepts repentance and ibadihi from His servants. وَيَأْخُذُ sadaqat, And He accepts their sadaqat also. Meaning if they've made a mistake, where are they going to go? Who are they going to go to? What's the only option we have? Run away from Allah? Never. We run to Allah. Even if we've committed the greatest mistakes, the most worst of sins, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. You can always, always go back to Allah. You said something horrendous to somebody. You did something terrible doesn't matter. Seek forgiveness. Go back to Allah. Remember the man who killed 99 people and he ended up making it a hundred? Didn't he go back to Allah? Did Allah not accept his repentance? Yes. So as long as we're breathing, we have life, we have time, keep running to Allah. Never ever feel shy. And never feel that the distance is too much. No. 
the distance is only as much as you allow. It's only as much as lifting your hands up and making your heart present over there, eagerly seeking Allah's forgiveness. So, أَلَمْ يَعْلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ يَقْبَلُ التَّوْبَ عَنْ عِبَادِي Who are they going to go to? Allah accepts repentance from His servants. وَيَأْخُذَ الصَّدَقَاتِ And He accepts sadaqah also. Meaning when a servant gives sadaqah in the way of Allah, then even before it falls in the hand of the recipient, who takes it? Who accepts it? Allah accepts it. You know, it's like sometimes when you're dropping the money in a box, remember, even before it reaches down there, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken it already. وَيَأْخُذُ الصَّدَقَاتِ In a hadith we learn that when a person spends in the way of Allah, then Allah accepts it in his hand. Right? And Allah is tayyib, He accepts only what is tayyib, and He causes that sadaqah, meaning the reward of it to grow, just like a person takes care of his horse, like a baby, and it becomes so big and strong. So, يَأْخُذُ الصَّدَقَاتِ وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ And it is indeed Allah who is a tawab, the one who accepts repentance again and again for the greatest of sins. Ar-Rahim, He is merciful. وَقُلْ And say, meaning say to these people that اِعْمَلُوا Work, perform actions, do something. Okay, mistake happened. Now you gave sadaqah, you apologized. Now you reformed, but you have to do something also to show that you're actually repented from it. Irmalu, do it now, do something good. فَسَيَرَ اللَّهُ عَمَلَكُمْ Soon Allah is going to observe your deeds. Allah is going to look at your actions. Because sometimes we say with our mouths, tawbah, tawbah, tawbah. You know, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. But we're still watching, we're still reading, Right? We're still doing the things we're not supposed to be doing. It's like people have this movie going on on a big screen and a terrible scene shows up and they're like, Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah. And they look away. It's still there. How can you say Astaghfirullah, Astaghfirullah and look back and then hear everything and listen to a conversation that is very inappropriate? What kind of tawbah is this? What kind of istighfar is this? If you're really repentant, what would you do? Turn that off. Switch the channel. Do something different. So, اِعْمَلُوا فَسَيَرَ اللَّهُ عَمَلَكُمْ Allah is going to observe your deeds. وَرَسُولُهُ and His Messenger. He is also going to see what you do. But this was only in the lifetime of the Prophet ﷺ. What about after him? Who else is going to see your deeds? وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ And the believers. They will also be checking as to what you do. They're going to be witnesses for you or against you. وَسَتُرَدُّونَ and soon you shall be returned. Rad, radal dal. You will be returned ila alim al ghaybi wa shahada to the nor of the unseen and the witnessed. Fayunabbiukum bima kuntum ta'amalun. Then he is going to inform you about what you have been doing. So Allah is going to question you about what you do. Mistake happened, but now what's the way forward? Repent from it, give sadaqah to make up for it, and now excel in doing good. Do something to really show that you have changed. Allah is watching you, His Messenger, and the believers are also going to keep a check on you. And this is something that we need to realize. We think if we did tawbah from something, you know, two years ago, and now we have gone back to the same habits, it's okay, Allah is forgiving. No. Once a person has done tawbah, then what is required from him? Consistency. It doesn't mean that you can never make a mistake again. You will. You will make a mistake because you're a human being. But what is necessary? That each time you fall, 
turn back to Allah. Each time, turn back to Allah. And a person must remember, وَسَتُرَدُّونَ إِلَىٰ عَالِمِ الْغَيْبِ وَالشَّهَادَةِ At the end we're going back to Allah. So, it is necessary that we are consistent in the good deeds that we perform. Don't rely on the repentance that you made five years ago. Don't rely on the hajj that you performed ten years ago. Don't rely on the umrah that you did last month. Alhamdulillah, that was a blessing. But it doesn't mean that now you can do whatever you want. This consistency until the last moments of life. Because what is of immense importance is khatimah bil khair. That a person ends his life, you know, while doing something good. Because a person could be doing something good all his life. If at the end of his life, he disobeys Allah, commits a sin, then all of his good deeds could be wasted. And on the other hand, there could be a person who might have been committing sin all his life, but right at the end, he did tawbah. You know, there was a man who came to the Prophet ﷺ right when a battle was going to be fought. And he said, should I accept Islam before or should I participate in the battle? The Prophet ﷺ said, accept Islam. So he accepted Islam and he went right into the battle and he was killed. And you know what was said about him? He didn't even pray one salah. He's going to Jannah. Why? Because his end was good. His end was good. Now don't say, I'll do everything I want and right at the end, you know, when I'm really old and I get cancer or something, then I will do tawbah. How do you know you'll even get that chance? Sudden death is quite common, right? And remember that a person cannot say La ilaha illallah in the state of extreme pain and difficulty when his soul is leaving the body if he's not used to saying La ilaha illallah otherwise. So what do we learn from this? Keep doing good until the end of your life. وَآخَرُونَ And now there are others also. Another group of people who stayed behind, they were sincere believers. Why did they stay behind? Because of procrastination. Yes, we'll go, we'll go, we'll leave tomorrow. But what happened that from the people who stayed behind who were sincere believers, some went to the masjid, Abu Lubaba and his companions, right? They tied themselves up. The Prophet ﷺ came and released them. But there were some others also. Okay, and these were three sahaba who were also sincere who had a very good record, who had been with the Prophet ﷺ in many expeditions, but this time because of procrastination, they missed their chance. But these three sahaba, they did not tie themselves up in the masjid. Okay, Why? Allahu alam. Perhaps they did not know that some companions had done that, or it didn't occur to them. You know like some people, they're very eager to be forgiven immediately. Right? Like they say, I'm not going from here until you say it's okay. Right? I'm not gonna eat until you forgive me. I'm not gonna do this until you give me a nice smile. Right? They don't move until they are forgiven and accepted. Some people are like that. And others, they're a little quiet and shy. So anyway, these three companions, they also sincere. But what happened? They are murjauna. Ones who have been deferred. لِأَمْرِ For the command of Allah. Murjauna from the root letters rajim wow raja. Raja means hope. Okay? Now something that 
you have hope and meaning you expect that hopefully inshallah it will happen in the future. Alright? It means that it's a matter that is deferred. I mean, it's not going to happen right away. You're hoping that sometime inshallah you will travel. Right? So you're not going to travel tonight. You're not going to travel the next day. When you're hoping for something to happen, there's still some time. Alright? So murjauna, ones who have been deferred, meaning their forgiveness has been deferred. They are being made to wait for the command of Allah. Abu Lubaba and his companions, they were forgiven. Ayat were revealed, they were forgiven. These three companions, nothing was revealed concerning them. Their forgiveness was deferred. Who were these three companions? Murara bin Ar-Rabi' Ka'ab bin Malik, and Hilal bin Umayyah. And inshallah we learn their story more in detail, inshallah in the last lesson of Surah Tawbah. Allah says about them, إِمَّا يُعَذِّبُهُمْ Either He is going to punish them, وَإِمَّا يَتُوبُ عَلَيْهِمْ Or He is going to turn in mercy towards them and accept their repentance. So in other words, they don't know what's going to happen with them. Either Allah will forgive them, or Allah will punish them. They don't know what's going to happen. وَاللَّهُ عَلِيمٌ حَكِيمٌ And Allah is knowing and wise. It's up to Him. The decision is His. And He knows best. What kind of decision to make concerning these people? And it happened with these believers that for these three men, these three companions, their tawbah was not accepted immediately. And eventually the Prophet ﷺ, he commanded the believers to not even communicate with these three men. There was a complete boycott. Complete boycott. They would go to the Prophet ﷺ and try to greet him and they wouldn't know if he responded to his greeting or not. Imagine, they were being treated like this by the whole Muslim community and this went on for 50 days. Imagine how hard each day must have been. And what was revealed so far concerning them? Imagine a person going through this. Have you ever gone through this that someone is mad at you and each day you're hopeful that okay, we'll make up and it goes on and on and on. And you don't know if it's going to work out or not. If it's a human being, khair inshallah. If they leave you, somebody else will come in your life. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being upset with someone. And you see, the consequence of deeds is very similar to the deeds. The consequence of our actions is very similar to our actions. They deferred and delayed going to the expedition. They said, okay, perhaps tomorrow, perhaps day after. When we're done with this, we'll go. So they were dealt in the same way. That you're not being forgiven today. Maybe you'll be forgiven tomorrow. Maybe you'll be forgiven the day after. Every time we're delaying doing something good, always remind yourself, what if I was treated like this by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? that you're not forgiven right now, maybe 10 years from now. And imagine the day of judgment, how difficult that day is. And if a person is standing on that day, not knowing if he's going to be forgiven or he's going to be punished, imagine his state. Imagine his state. إِمَّا يُعَذِّبُهُمْ وَإِمَّا يَتُوبُ عَلَيْهِمْ وَاللَّهُ عَلِيمٌ حَكِيمٌ And Allah is knowing and wise. So his decision concerning each person is based on his knowledge and absolute wisdom.
So from all of the groups of people that we have studied so far, what do we learn? Some stayed behind without any valid reason. How were they dealt with? Very harshly. Their staying behind led them to extreme hypocrisy. Another group of people, genuine reason they stayed behind. But they were still sincere. And another group of people, lazy, lazy, delaying, delaying. So what happened then? They were dealt in the same way. So we need to check ourselves also. Because sometimes we have no reason to excuse ourselves. But we allow ourselves to remain behind. Other times there is a genuine reason. And other times we're just procrastinating until it's too late and we miss the chance completely. There are some people who are sabiqoon, right? Who are going ahead. So for them, forgiveness comes very quickly. They will be taken to Jannah very quickly. They will cross the sirat faster than the blink of an eye. Why? Why will this happen to some people? Remember, our spiritual condition now is going to be our physical condition later, right? So if we are fast and quick and prompt in obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then that is going to be how we're going to be treated. And if we delay, like yes, kusala, lazily getting up to pray, delaying, delaying, then yes, the same thing is going to happen. There are some things that are urgent and important, and there is no point in delaying them. You have to do them. Just accept it. You just have to, you know, break the ice. You just have to take that bitter taste in your mouth. You cannot avoid it. At the beginning, it will be difficult. But there is no other choice. And it's with regards to matters that are fard on us. Like for example, salah. Is there any choice about that? No. Likewise, hijab for women. Is there any choice about that? No, there is no choice. It's something mandatory on every Muslim woman. She has to cover herself. Now it's something that you have to do. So, why keep delaying? Why keep delaying? Because the more you delay, the more difficult it becomes. More difficult it becomes. Sabiqoon. They don't wait for their sister to start, for their mother to start, for their whole school to start. No. I'm supposed to do this? Okay. Ya Allah, here I am. So people who are eager in obeying Allah, Allah will eagerly show forgiveness to them also. We will be treated the way we obey. We will be treated in the same way that we treat others. Let's listen to the recitation of these ayat. وَمِمَّنْ حَوْلَكُمْ مِنَ الْأَعْرَابِ مُنَافِقُونَ وَمِنْ أَهْلِ الْمَدِينَةِ مَرَدُوا عَلَى النِّفَاقِ لَا تَعْلَمُهُمْ نَحْنُ نَعْلَمُهُمْ سَنُعَذِّبُهُمْ مَرَّتَيْنِ ثُمَّ يُرَدُّونَ إِلَى عَذَابٍ عَظِيمٍ وَآخَرُونَ اعْتَرَفُوا بِذُنُوبِهِمْ خَلَطُوا عَمَلًا صَالِحًا وَآخَرَ سَيِّئًا عَسَى اللَّهُ أَنْ يَتُوبَ عَلَيْهِمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ غَفُورٌ رَّحِيمٌ خُذْ مِنْ أَمْوَالِهِمْ صَدَقَةً تُطَهِّرُهُمْ وَتُزَكِّيهِمْ بِهَا وَصَلِّ عَلَيْهِمْ إِنَّ صَلَاتَكَ سَكَنٌ لَهُمْ وَاللَّهُ سَمِيعٌ عَلِيمٌ 
أَلَمْ يَعْلَمُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ يَقْبَلُ التَّوْبَةَ عَنْ عِبَادِهِ وَيَأْخُذُ الصَّدَقَاتِ وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ هُوَ التَّوَّابُ الرَّحِيمُ وقل اعملوا فسيرى الله عملكم ورسوله والمؤمنون وستردون إلى عالم الغيب والشهادة فينبئكم بما كنتم تعملون وآخرون مرجون لأمر الله إما يعذبهم وإما يتوب عليهم والله عليم حكيم